Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Before Sports Entertainment Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ashley Gamble, and joining us for episode 16 today, we have Trey and Peter. Trey, what's happening? Man, like I said before we started recording, man, I just noticed something on my sleeve and I realized it was a booger, but I'm going to let it sit there until we get done. Heard that. Peter, what's up? Happy President's Day to President Jack Tunney of the WWF. <laughs> Good call, Peter. Good call. I like it. Well, we uh, have a special guest joining us for round two of question and answer. And uh, I guess we can call it story time with the new Battle Zone Championship Wrestling Champion, Pharaoh Funk. Pharaoh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Uh, and we were, uh, <laughs> Peter and I went, of course, uh, to Mendenhall uh, two weeks ago, I guess, or was it last week? It was, uh, it was last, uh, weekend. Last, last weekend. Last weekend, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, man, I had a blast sitting there at ringside. Uh, really good show. You guys did a fantastic job. Trey, I hate you missed it because it was great. Man, like I told y'all, brother, I don't even know what Mendenhall is, and I wasn't staying at the Mendenhall Motor Inn. And y'all said, man, you got to go to McGee to stay at a hotel. Right. That's correct. Well, uh, Pharaoh, how many times have you uh, held that championship? Oh, uh, you want me to lie or tell you the truth? <laughs> the truth. <laughs> 18 times. 18 times. Well, you're right up there with, uh, I think you, you're more of a champion than Cena and Flair. Our uh, <laughs> truth got him beat. Our truth got him beat. Yeah, our truth has got me beat with that. That is that is a fact. Because well, I think I, you won it like six times in one pay per view or something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. That guy's crazy. But man, I want to jump right in and uh and and ask, I've got to know something because I talked to Peter about it and some mm-hmm. other people who were sitting around us. Okay. Who was the jacked up dude sitting at ringside that was <laughs> that had his swole on that I thought he was gonna rip some heads off? I could, man. I I asked Peter. I was like, dude, is that guy a plant? He's got to be a plant because that guy's playing it great. Ashley, you knew I was there. You just didn't recognize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he is actually he no he's not a plant. He's actually a mark. That uh, that that I work with, um, uh huh, and it's kind of funny because he's always bugged me. Um, man, well, you when you don't let me come in to get in the ring, I said, when you don't let me train you, you know? <laughs> exactly. I said you're muscled up, you know. I said you're not a spring chicken. I can go ahead and tell you that now. I said so. It's going to be a whole lot more wear and tear on you because you're older. Uh, I said if you would have started this at, when you was you know, teenager or, or early 20s, I said, you would have been fine. I said, but you just can't break in the business at, at 42, 43 years old because you're you're not going to have a much of a career after that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and he had been bugging me and bugging me. And I said, look, just buy you some tickets and, and come on out and check it out. And I said, I said, if you want to train, we'll train you. I said, safely. You know, I could. You know, once we get you trained, we'll put you in there with guys that are that are safe, and then it's not going to bump you all over the place and do ignorant stuff to to you know get you hurt. So he right. came down and he called me. He said, "Man, I'm 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 going to act a fool up there." I said, "I said, brother, you can act how you want. Just 
just know that don't put your hands on nobody. I, man, I ain't gonna put my hands on nobody. Yeah, I, you might get your ass whooped. And, and he knew that. I said, <laughs> I said, if you do, there's gonna be about fourteen of us that's coming out of that locker room. Oh man, you ain't got that to worry about. I, I'm good as long as they don't touch me. I said, that's the golden rule. We don't touch nobody. You know. He said, well, what he, happened? He he, said, he he did a fantastic job. I mean, from the moment that uh that he first kind of stood up and and kind of bowed up i was like oh lord but he 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 actually walked in and uh he was actually uh at the table i guess he had just gotten his ticket or just paid his money uh right in front of uh me and peter and man i'm I'm gonna tell you i mean you notice that guy when you walk in a room no yeah definitely definitely and there's a lot of times where i've told him to be the guy in the back of the room and not in front of the room you know Uh, yeah less is more less is more Right, and uh, yeah, and he done a good job as far as the keeping the crowd into it and and whatnot, and that you know that's what it's all about. We we've had guys like that in the past that just you know that would just keep the crowd interacting and stuff like that, and it and it and it definitely works, you know. I mean, because I've been in some, dude, I've been in some promotions that you walk in, you hit your music, you come out. I mean, you're doing your best to get them folks to pop, and they just, like, they don't know what to do, you know? I'm like, what in the world, you know? You just can't. It, it, and some places are like that until you get them out of that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's uh, just weird. You know, you – every I think everybody was – you know, the crowd was in it uh, pretty much the whole night, but you could tell an obvious change – in the uh, atmosphere of the room, let's say, once you came out, your music hit, and I'll be honest, first time I've heard uh, Jigga Juice or whatever it is, but oh my gosh, it was great. I mean, you went to Cutting a Fool and everybody was right there with you. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, you know. It's, it's that whole entertainment aspect of it. You know, you still got to be able to, to prove your worth in the ring, but it all starts when as soon as you come out of that curtain, you know, right? And it can dictate on how how the crowd reacts. Because if you just come out of the curtain, when I've gotten on these guys that we've trained, I've gotten on them and gotten on them. I'm like, dude, it's like pouring pudding out of a pudding cup, and it hits the floor. I said, when you come out and you don't, you just stand there and look around. I'm like, why? You know, you've got to. Once you're in that character, you've got to be that character. Right. You know. Right. You, and and you just can't be dry when you walk out there. So, well, you know, uh, another thing, uh, of course, uh, you know, ha- had the tag team tournament, and of course, uh, you know, the uh, the the tournament to crown the new Battle Zone champion wasn't advertised because when we got there, the ring announcer said, due to the inmate who was champion being reincarcerated until further yeah. notice, <laughs> I guess he violated his probation. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They I, I, I think he stabbed everybody in C block, and they said, "Ah, we just can't get back out." So, oh, he's in solitary now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking at four walls for the rest of what career he has. So. Hey, <laughs> let let me ask y'all this real quick, if y'all don't mind me interrupting. Uh, since That's I right. wasn't there, who won the tag team tournament? That was the the um, Braden, Hosey, and Hunter Rhodes. Okay. Um. Ooh. Those, uh, they're part of the varsity. 
Um, oh, so, so is it like an interim title since the inmate's back in jail? No, 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 no. The inmate was the heavyweight champion. Oh, got you. Got you. I thought y'all were saying yeah. he's part of the tag team tournament. I'm sorry, since I no, wasn't there, no, no, I'm, no. I'm, fl- I'm flying blind, so I'm just asking questions. Right. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, the, the inmate was part of – the inmate was the heavyweight champion. Got you. All right, so I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but we ended up – one of the Hosey brothers – uh, has had to take a a leave, so to say. Right. So we took the other. All right. The, so the varsity consists of three guys: uh, Noah Hosey, Braden Hosey, and Hunter Rhodes. So um, Hunter stepped in, left the heavyweight division, and has stepped in since the whole inmate deal, and has filled was filling in for Noah Hosey. Okay. So they're they're going on tonight too. Braden and Noah are going on tonight too to uh, see if they can't recapture their tag team titles from uh, the Black Dynasty, which is going to be Eric Black and Jesse Dalton. Which for now, me and Chris Black are in the uh, Men and Hall Street Fight for Saturday night, that night two at Whitfield. Well, that's what okay. that's what I was going to say. That was where I was leading to next. Was uh, all right. So, forever and a day, you know, Jerry Jarrett out of the uh, Memphis territory preached personal issues draw money, right? So, Correct. how much personal can it be when after you win the tournament for the championship that Chris Black, who you defeated in the final match of the tournament for the championship, he comes out and immediately goes for the gusto with challenging you to a Mendenhall street fight at Whittafell. He He's always been a thorn in my side with <laughs> stuff like that. It never, it has never failed that, you know, I mean, and which we know that me and him make money. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, and he's all the time just steadily trying to get back on top, get back on top, get back on top. But, I mean, Oh, uh, it, uh, it it's going to be interesting, you know, just just to see where we go with this match and how how it plays out. So, well, what was funny? Uh, uh, I I don't know if you heard it, but when uh, Chris Black was cutting that promo on you for the uh, to lead into the Mendenhall Street fight, right? He uh, right. he said, and I quote. They don't call me the best of the bad for nothing. And then one of the uh, uh, one of our friend's daughters who was there with us, she piped up and said, yeah, nobody calls you that. <laughs> and it, I mean, everybody, it was hilarious. We just started laughing. It was great. Oh, that's pretty funny. I did not catch that, but that is funny. Oh, it was, it was great. Uh, Peter, you got anything you want to run by the man? Yeah, I, I want to know – out of your 22 years of wrestling, what was mm-hmm. the craziest thing you have actually seen in a crowd? In a crowd? Like, when you say craziest thing. Well, like, I know that you've gone to places, you know, you we're talking about security and things like that. Has there ever been, like, times where fans really got into it with the wrestlers? Okay, so that was one night in McGee Battle Zone. <clears throat> Our, 
our security, they're pretty, you know, yeah, and if y'all noticed how whenever uh muscles kept getting up, they was running to him to kind yeah. of say, all right. Okay, so we had guardrails around old battles on him again. And there was a guy uh named Joey Kraft. Him and his family, he, he him and his wife and his three boys was there were there every Saturday night. So they one night we had uh I cannot remember this manager's name, but he was carrying he thought he was gonna be the new cornet, you know, and carry an umbrella to the ring with him. So Joey all the it never failed that he would get up on the guardrail and go to stick his leg. Once he got one leg over, he would just straddle the guardrail, right? And then the, the security would come to him and he'd hop back over and and him and security would have words, and then he'd sit back down. Well, that particular night, as soon as he straddled that guardrail, here comes this manager. Here comes the security. The manager's standing there. He's the ma- But by the time the security got to him, the manager swung the umbrella, and it grazed the security and come around, and he hit Joey Kraft in the side of the head with it. Well, Joey's sitting there trying to keep from falling off the guardrail, and the manager is wearing him out with this umbrella. Well, about the third or fourth hit, I'm in the ring. Me and uh, I think it was me and Frankie. We were in the ring, and I'm like, you know, because we had done uh, we had done caught a beat down, and we're laying there. And Frankie says, "What's going on?" I said, "I don't know. We might need to get up." Well, about that time, there goes the umbrella through the crowd. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Security thought they had it under control until they looked up. And by the time we all realized, one of Joey's boys had the manager. He had done jumped the guardrail. It happened so fast. He had done jumped the guardrail and was wearing that manager out. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I'm talking about he's smoking him. Well, here comes the locker room. You know, the locker room unloads and they get them all separated. Well, the little manager. Uh, limps to the locker room. His old eyes, both his eyes was all swollen up, was black. Had blood trickling out of his mouth and he's sitting there. Well, my younger brother at the time, that when he wrestled, he was in the locker room and he was going out to help separate and he looks at the manager and he says, look, he said, all of this is your fault. It never would have happened if you would have let our security handle what was taking place. He said, and I'll tell you what, he said, you better have your stuff and be gone by the time I get back here. You're going to tote another one. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I am not lying. He left everything in the locker room floor and took out up the street walking. So the guys that he rode with, they were up from North Mississippi up around Boonville. And uh, <laughs> he said, where'd such a set to go? I said, I don't know. I said, uh, I think he was threatened for his life. And then he just left. He said, yeah, all of his stuff is still sitting here. So they scour around to get all the stuff thrown in the bag and get it loaded up. And um, the all, oh, we all got done. Yeah, we all got done, got everything separated. We got to the locker room. And the poor guy, like I said, he had posted stuff on Facebook. You know, his face was all beat up. Oh, so that's probably one of the craziest things that I'd ever seen. Um, <laughs> in, in the crowd was that night, That's and the, and the, 
yeah, all dude, it was. And, the, and uh, you know, the security was still kind of mad because when he swung that umbrella, you know, it grazed him. It was coming by his head and grazed him. He said, man, I felt the wind off that thing. <laughs> I said, I'm sure you did, you know. So uh, it was fun. You know, we couldn't we couldn't necessarily ban the 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 fan, you know, Joey and them, we couldn't necessarily ban them because we told them, we said if his feet would have planted on the other side of the guardrail, I said maybe that would have been fine. I said, but he straddled the guardrail and his foot was never touching the floor. Well, I had to defend myself. Well, Okay, well, you see what happened. <laughs> you know, I mean, he tore him up. Well, you know, I see, I see a lot of times, like, like for instance, we were talking about the guy earlier, and, I mean, he did a great job of interaction. Of course, you know, the wrestlers talking smack to him just make it so good, but I've seen it before where wrestlers can really just talk it, and you don't know if the fan mm -hmm. is really mad or, you know, it's kayfabe. But I've always wondered that because a lot like Chris Black, he's great on the mic. And, you know, the things mm -hmm. he says, they're hilarious. But at the same time, some people get mad at him and just start getting yeah. really angry because he's so good pushing their buttons. So I've yeah. wondered about that. <laughs> he, I mean, when, when fans seem to hate the fact that – I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, if you're on a fan, if you're a heel and you're you're on a fan, and and you're giving him the business just like he's giving you the business, and then you know just like you said, Chris Black, he's so good on the mic that he could he knows how to spit them right back out at him. They don't like the fact that they're getting laughed at by the other fans, so that's another reason why they get so so mad and so pissed. You know, they mm -hmm. well, let me tell you, well, let's go to the go to the parking lot. We'll. We'll finish this. And blah, that blah, sounds blah. like the territory yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, oh, look. Let me tell you, dude. We had it was it was the blacks one night. Y'all, y'all want to? This is another. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Clarify the the term blacks. Please. Last, last. <laughs> last we don't want to get canceled, Pharaoh, because of you. <laughs> uh, well, we've always called them the Blacks, you know, the Black Brothers. Or that, it's just their last name. Just, are they I'm, Caucasian? They are. They're, they're, okay, let's clarify that. Why okay. could be, you know? <laughs> Actually, look it out on you, brother. Look it out oh, on you. That's fun. Brother, it, I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a nobody, and if I get canceled, then no, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you're not a nobody, something. sir. You're doing, you're, you're living your dream, man. And you, even though our podcast ain't crap right now, we're hoping to build it. And dude, you're the first sports entertainer, professional wrestler we we've ever had. And and then you come on, man, and you give us everything you've got, and we appreciate it, brother. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Um, so. Let me get back on my story. So one night, the there was there was the Joey Kraft guy that I was telling y'all about. Okay. It was him and his wife and his three sons. Well, his wife had an oxygen bottle. She'd carry around, and when she wasn't on her oxygen, she'd have a like a medical mask on. Well, I'm not saying it was or wasn't or whatever, but I I would and I'm gonna tell you. She would go out when it was time for intermission. She'd go out and she'd smoke a cigarette, 
Dragging our oxygen with us. So, <laughs> so one night, Chris comes to me and he says, hey, man, I found these medical masks. You mind if we wear them out there? I said, <laughs> no, go ahead. That's good heat. This so, gets better and better. He bebops out there, all right? And he's got this medical mask on. And, man, it makes the whole family mad. And it drags on there at the end of the night that I hear something outside. But and then, like I said, it's the end of the night. The the parking lot's empty, and I hear rub 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 rub. And here comes my uh, sister. She comes through the back door. She said, "Hey, such and such is out there wanting you." And I said, "Huh?" And I peeked out, and I hear him. You know, yelling obscenities, USOB, come out here, you know, bro, 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 USOB. And well, he said it about three times. Well, I stepped out the back door and I yelled at him. I said, Hey, that's going to be enough of that SOB. Well, let me tell you something, you, you, SOB. And I hear I go to walking. Well, I didn't realize that he had his three boys with him. All right. So here I go. And so uh, I want to say Tiffany Black was there. And she had her head poked out the door. And she said, hey, who are you going to the parking lot? Well, and I'm, you know, I've done had my baby, him calling me at SOB. So by the time I got there, I spin around, and here's the whole locker room behind me, like, whoosh. And I looked at him, and I said, all right. I said, so what, you know, what seems to be the problem? Well, you know that that's wrong. Blah blah blah, and, and yo daddy never. I said, look, don't bring him up even up in this. I said because you know what I do and what he does is two totally different things. And I said I don't see where we were even outside of the line. And I said this is wrestling. I said so whatever we got to do to get heat. I said you know that you've been showing up here for the last ten years, every Saturday night in the same seat. So how can you get mad? Nothing I personal, said, strictly business. Right. And I said, you sit here and you run these guys down the road. I said, then, you know, well, I'll I, I let it get the best of me. I apologize. I apologize. Well, as I'm talking, one of his boys tries to ease around the corner and was fixing to jog up to me. But, well, but the fellas I had with me wasn't going to let that happen. It was, it was crazy. Wow. They, yeah. And I knew that that had happened at some point because if you've never been to, it's like Trey, if you've never been to one of some of these places, you know, they get passionate. You know, it's funny because, you know, I'll talk smack. My daughter will talk smack. They'll give it right back. Now, my daughter will get pissed because she's 10, but I'll just die laughing because it's so good. But it some is. of those people just get <laughs> fired up. Hey, hey, hey Peter, you talk about that you and Pharaoh about the passion. Ashley can speak on this because he was there. We went to a Monday Night Raw at the midnight. I mean, not Monday Night Raw, a uh, WWC Monday Night Nitro um, at the Mid-South Coliseum. And I wore a sombrero. And I was telling everybody, Eddie Guerrero's my biological dad. <laughs> That's good stuff. That happened. Ashley, tell him I'm lying. No, he, he ain't lying. <laughs> That's good. Trying story. to get on TV, but Pharaoh, if I could ask you one question of nothing else, mm -hmm. 
in today's current professional wrestling product, which company do you lean to other than Battlezone because you're a part of it, but on, on national television, what company do you feel like does the business the most justice and why? Mm. Is that a fair question to ask you, first off? I mean, it is. I mean, it's a fair question. And then that's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of glad you asked that because in the indie business, yeah. a lot of these guys are opinionated, are too opinionated. And then that's, a, that's the fastest way to lose it. What do you call them? Too, too marked for their own good? Yeah. Yeah, you can say that. Or, Not smart, or, marked. Too or, marked for their own good. Yeah. Or... or you know, they, they think they know what's best because they've they've been in the business for a blink or, or two, three, four, five, six years, you know, oh well I know this and that right, and this is what's best for me and rah, 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 rah. you know, or, or you know, I can tell you this. But there there's there's too many guys that's too opinionated and that's that's one that's a one of the fastest ways to to ruin a friendship or and lose an audience. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he has this his opinion, and you have your opinion. But he's, you know, say say you get on Facebook and you ask just a generic question of who do you think is better, this one or this one. Well, these guys will get to arguing, you know. Well, you don't know nothing, and, rah, 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 and it don't matter because they don't see the bigger picture that we're all in this for the greater good. But there's no greater good because of the simple fact that y'all want to sit here and argue on Facebook like a bunch of girls. You right. Know, if we all do saying? business, we all make money. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I can't – WWE and TKO, like I've said in the past, are the market leaders. Everybody's following behind them. Now, Tony Khan, uh, all those – Oh, you know, no, don't say that name. Why not? Uh, I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a TNA guy now. Well, that's the thing. TNA, uh, what was the, the NWA TNA whole deal? Uh, I mean, they, if you look at what happened with those guys, uh-huh. uh, where they started out, you know, they had the AJ Styles and they, they had all the, uh, Samoa Joes, all of Samoa Joes. All right. So, uh, Hogan come in. Uh, you know, they started bringing him in. They started bringing in the the Bischoffs. The, the, the who was that other idiot that used to write for him? Vince uh, Russo. Vince Russo. Okay, so you got all those guys, and you had Dixie Carter. You first, you had Jerry Jarrett, Jerry and Jeff. What was running? Right, them. right. But- okay, so yeah, so you had Dixie Carter that come in. That pretty much her daddy is the one who pulled it out from under him. You know, done a bunch of shady stuff, and then they give it to her. Well, then she started taking and paying all these guys that are irrelevant that they thought that they could, you know, make money with the business. But not, where, where is it at now? You see what I'm saying? Right. I, th- I think they're trying to rebound Pharaoh. You know, I hate they got rid of Scott DeBoer because he lives and breathes TNA. But yeah. I understand what they're doing with it. I just hate it because I've – uh, we all had an agreement that we'd all start watching TNA. I actually erased AEW off my DVR because it's just gotten to be a spot fest show. But Absolutely. TNA is actually pretty freaking good, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's got its, um, it's got its ups and downs, just like everything else. Uh, right. 
but it's just kind of hard to you'll never cancel out the WWE even with the you know with the whole Vince and his the nine lives of Vince McMahon right 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 I started watching last night and fell slab sleep watching it oh but I mean you it's hard to say you know who's doing it justice because they they're they all got a different style of who's right and who's wrong you know what I mean well, well, let me, Peter and Ashley, if, if y'all don't mind, let me just throw one last question to Pharaoh, and then I'm just going to sit back and listen and chime in if y'all want me to. But one last question for you, Pharaoh, on my end for this this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. If you had to say Battlezone was like one of the bigger promotions, which one do y'all lean to and why? Is that a fair question? Another question, like I said, yeah, I, no, I, no, I no, want to no. make sure it's fair to you for me to ask that question. Question, question. Okay, so that, there again, you know, WWE is the market leader, so we kind of we have to follow their lead. But if if we had to lean towards a promotion uh, of any, it would have to been Mid South. Because good choice, yes, because of Old the storytelling. Territory. I love it, right? Right, because of the storytelling, you know? yes, yes. Um, you know, we and we, dude, we have even went, I, yeah, we done okay. Me and Frankie done a gimmick one time, and it, I, I, and I'd gotten heat from opinionated boys, you know, the opinionated boys, right? Okay, the whole gimmick was. You know, Frankie's my brother-in-law. Brittany's my sister. Okay, so wait, that hill, Frankie's your brother-in-law? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I told you. I, that. Hey, hey, too much behind the curtain, Pharaoh. <laughs> too much behind the curtain. Oh, it's fine. I, everybody knows it. You know, everybody knows it. I didn't. Well, except for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So me and Frankie had done a had done a tag gimmick. We were called the Mississippi Players. All right. So good name. good name, by the way. And I was heel, brother. We were drawn, we were packing houses, but I would even go out before the show even started. And we had the Obama flag and had the Obama t shirt. <laughs> and we would sit and we would strike at the beginning of the shows. Dude, we had done segments to where the guy, you know, we would have applications for who's gonna join the, the Mississippi Players Club. So we had a gimmick that uh, the guy was wanting to join. We picked one of them out, and we said, "This is your initiation, brother." It was it was really good for the time that we'd done it. Uh, but then we skipped ahead. You know, I'm babyface Frankie Seal, and we done again. You know, because at the time they were living with my mom on my land with her, and everybody knew that. Well, so, let me ask you this: How long ago was this angle? Uh, seven, eight years ago, maybe. Yeah, cancel culture now, buddy. Yeah, but like well, I thank said, God, thank God you got in before they they decided <laughs> to say screw it. Well, um, that's the thing. If you you can cancel me to ten people, but there's twenty other people that's going to come and fill that exactly seat. for every one. You see I what got I'm saying? More, yes, sir. Right, right, and it and it was a story. So the whole gimmick was that Frankie was going through the mail. And everybody knew at the time, because if I was, if I had the flu, if I had bronchitis, I was still there Saturday nights wrestling. It didn't matter. 
So come hell or high water, Pharaoh's gonna be there. Exactly. Good point. Good point. You know, I like that. So we had the we had the gimmick. You know, Frankie says I got something out of the mail, and it looks like they found something. We never said what it was. We never we never said nothing about what it was. It was a diagnosis that I had to have a follow-up on. And we never, you know, the doctor found, and then, and this is what left, left it broader. He was like, you know, the doctor found a spot on your lungs. We never said it was anything else. That's all we said it. After the show, I had the boys, some of the boys call me, oh, you know, that's just so wrong that you've said that you got cancer. I said, oh, pump your brakes. I said, pump your brakes. I said, I never said on the mic, on a live, hot, open mic that I have cancer. I said, we left that where it was to let the imagination make up. You, you see what I'm saying? Make the doctor could have said you was pregnant for all we know. Right. And it was... I never showed up. I would show up to shows just to make sure that everything was still going. But there was like a month that I didn't show up for. And really, yeah, there was a month that I wouldn't. Bro, right, right. So, so we never, uh, we never necessarily, you know, I I didn't wrestle for that one month or or six weeks or whatever it was. But when it was time to, to, to for the blow off, you know, it got the reaction and got the pop because it was a story that was personal and he, and, and it had emotion in it because these folks was like, well, his dad died of cancer. Oh, oh. You see what I'm saying? I know that. Sorry, buddy. Oh, no, no, no. You good. You good. Um, dude, he, on his deathbed, he would have rather had us. We were actually wrestling the night he passed away. Oh, God, brother. You know, bless, you, bless your and heart. That's, and that's what he would have wanted. You, you see what I'm saying? That's what. That's how passionate he was for for the business. You know. Yeah. Uh, you show that same passion, dude. Uh, kudos to you, Brand. If I can applaud you a hundred times, I will. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, so that that right there, you know, it was it was personal. It got the fans invested. They were, you know, it it had emotion behind it. So when I come out and told him, you know, Frank, if you wouldn't have been digging through my mailbox or if you would have been digging through the mailbox for this one, you would see right here that it was nothing but bronchitis that the doctor seen on the, you know. I said, but you had to think and try to tell everybody that it was, you know, lead people to believe that it was something that it wasn't. And so we did the gimmick. We done the gimmick match. It was, you know, it was fun. We, We enjoyed it. So, but that's as far as like the storytelling goes, you know, if I had to lean Definitely, if I had to lean towards a company of the way it was ran, it would have to be Mid South. 